Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets show presented by PrizePix here on the Mayo Media Network. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell to go through Tuesday, March 23rd's NHL slate. Uh, DJ, how you doing here? We have five games ahead of us on Tuesday. Uh, so how was your weekend? How was your Monday? Uh, the weekend was very good besides the bodies, but we're not going to talk about that right now. Um, you know, I... I decided that I was going to wear a jersey for the last time the Buffalo Sabres won a hockey game. So I went with a jersey from, uh, I believe they last wore it in 2003. Um, they're, they're great too. So sports are going well. I basically took the entire weekend off from any gambling um, and it felt, it felt nice. A little, little refresh, little reboot. Um, yeah, I think it was well needed, well deserved. And I totally was shocked when I saw only five games for Tuesday, but there are five games. There are five fun games. I'm very excited about a couple of them. I think there's a lot of different narrative, different ah, not narratives, different angles to take on this. So I'm excited to get after this one. But how are you doing, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing well. It, you know, we're not racing against the clock on uh, this one. Obviously, it's it's nice to see you after uh, you know Thursday's technical mishaps. Um, <laughs> I forgot you know, about but- that. <laughs> we but, just you know, talked about it too. I didn't even think it was anything. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we recorded, like I was here. Happens, I, I, I did, I did the episode. It wasn't that I didn't do it. Like, you know what it was? Uh, DJ got stalled in some contract negotiations, but we got them sorted out. He's back on the show. So you know, back, we got his, yeah. we got his jerseys, you know, we're in the, full. We're, the we're Sabres tried to take me on as their new head coach and I just wasn't ready to commit yet. Um, I just, I, I feel like that's too much of a mess for me um, to yeah, take on. Fair. So I decided to pass. For All now. right. But yeah, so we have five games here to uh, go over on Tuesday. So before we do that, um, I do want to talk to you about PrizePix. They are the title sponsor of this show. Um, you know, with March Madness going on, uh, there's lots of things that you can, you know, just uh, play PrizePix with right now. So uh, NHL, NBA, obviously college basketball. There's even, you know, the golf match play. I'm interested to see if they do stuff there. Uh, esports. So what you do is you go on over to prizepix.com. You sign up using the promo code MMN, is in Mayo Media Network. And what you do once you get there, you can pick up to five uh, players for your entries. And again, you can do these across all the different sports. So if you like, say, the over on a LeBron James fan, or actually LeBron's hurt, but Carl yeah, um, <laughs> uh, Anthony Towns, you know, that sort of thing. You can pick uh, the over on him and you could do the over on, say, uh, Nathan McKinnon on Tuesday. So you basically you make your entries using uh, that format in the NHL. You get three points for a goal. You get two points for an assist and you get a half point for a blocked shot and a shot on goal. Um, so it's very straightforward. It's super simple. Uh, and there's a lot of upside going up to 10 X your entry when you enter. So when you sign up using promo code MMN, you can get up to a $100 match deposit bonus. So make sure you do that. Let them know we sent you and have yourself a good time on prize picks and check out our Twitter on Tuesday, uh, just to see where we're, you know, who our favorite two plays of the day are to get you started. So DJ. Anything else you wanted to talk about before we got into Tuesday's five games here? I know you've been itching to talk about the LSU, you know, suffocating defense, but uh, save that for another show. Yeah, it's just March sadness for me this year. So, um, yeah, no, I, I it, it was honestly just one, I guess, note was it was like everything that couldn't happen happened. Like we can't let um, Thomas go off the, the freshman phenom for LSU. He went crazy and our stars just couldn't hit a three like Bonaventure kind of lived and died by the three point shot just was not there. I mean, they made, I believe zero in the first half can't have it. So tough break. We move on forward thinking five games, 
starts off with New Jersey at the Flyers. Flyers on a back-to-back. Um, so that definitely makes it a little bit unique. It's a six over under. I mean, I'm, I'm slightly leaning towards the under here. Um, I guess your worry is the goaltending. Uh, if, you know, Carter Hart's in net or it doesn't really matter who's in net Philly, he's just been giving up a good a bit against. I'm not very strong on it, but I definitely would lean slightly towards the Flyers, but I'm probably not going to bet either of the Lions here. I just think it's pretty much a toss up. And with the over or the under, I think that's slightly favored in my eyes. Um, I think New Jersey actually has been pretty good at shutting down defensively. Um, they really put the Shrangovich line out there and, and stifled Crosby and his boy and his uh, line mates, which was, you know, all they needed to do against the Penguins with Malkin out. So I think that they have a, a decent setup right now. Um, they're not good, but I don't think they're completely inept, the Devils. So it's kind of yeah, reminds that um, right now at the, the basic level. Yeah, so I think I'm on the flyer side here, and here's the reason. I know it's a back-to-back, and of course you don't love targeting teams straight off the back-to-back, but one, um, they played a really good game against the Islanders. You know, like you were worried about their defense or whatever. They actually did. You know, they came out, and I think at one point in the game, they are up like 32 to 13 in shots, and, you know, the Islanders did end up, I believe, tying the game and then winning in overtime. Um, but you did see some territorial dominance out of Philly. And then secondly – you know, the most obvious thing on the schedule is the fact that Philly, you know, is on a back-to-back. But the Devils here, they played two, uh, they played both Saturday and Sunday. So right there, you know, that's a three and four. That, that's definitely a schedule-type loss when you compare that to a team that's well-rested. And also, uh, they're playing their fourth game in six days as well. So it's not like the schedule is you know, basically in favor of the Devils here. I think that makes it about even. And when you look at all things considered, I just think that the Flyers are a better team. Um, they showed me enough on Monday night that I'm willing to ride it. And I think you are getting a lot of that uncertainty on the Flyers priced into this line at just minus 159. So um, yeah. I'm jumping on that while I can. I, I don't think I'm going like puck line or anything, but I do think no. this is a low scoring tight game. Um, so, I, yeah. I, you know, I'll lean the under too. Yeah, I feel like everything you said is like if you, you know, are on hockey viz and follow uh, Michael Blake McCurdy in general, he calls these kind of sludge games, if you will, when teams are kind of on back to backs and are very or just not rested. And I think it does kind of set up to be one of those kind of sludge games that just don't end up getting there. So I definitely like the under more than anything else. Um, and, you know, I'm the way I'm looking at this, especially from a DFS perspective, is probably not a complete fade because I think there's some value here and you're going to need it. Um, I obviously, I don't think it's going to be a surprise to anyone and we'll get there. Colorado one's going to be really high owned. Kale McCarr is going to be very, you know, thought after and getting a, like a cheaper correlation with like a, like a Smith Zaka. Um, what's his name? I don't know. Paul Mary. There it is. Um, I think could be like a way to get contrarian um, with Colorado one. So I think there's some narrative to that there, but I'm not going to be overboard on it. I'm not sure. Ty Smith is a solo play in his own. Um, other than that, in this game, you know, it's not a, like I said, it's not a dead stay away because there's value. Um, I think there's even more value on the Philly side. So I kind of wanted to pass it over to you on that angle. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, so like you said, I do think you're using a lot of these games and from a DFS standpoint to figure out how can I fit in Colorado one? Because, you know, uh, McKinnon, Landis Cogranton are really, really good and they're really, really expensive. Um, so one of the cheap ways you can actually go about this is on the flyer side. Um, you get Jake Voracek at 4,100. He's sort of like the featured guy that, you know, I did want to point out because I do think he's playing a really good uh, brand of hockey at the moment and just is too cheap at 4,100 over on DraftKings. Um, but you're getting his line of Claude Giroux, 5,300 and Oscar Lindblom, 2,600. 
at just super low uh, prices. And I don't think they'll be very popular either. Like obviously they'll have some ownership um, with only five games, but they're just, there's actually a lot of ways to fit in this Colorado uh, stack. So I sort of think that if you're looking for a secondary stack to go with that, um, this Voracek makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, on the year Voracek has five goals and 17 assists, like, you know, you're sort of look at him and you think, well, maybe he's having a down year. That's why he's priced so cheap, but you know, he's not really, he's hit 22 points in 26 games. Like that's pretty good. He's got a great matchup. I just don't get why he's so cheap uh, at this point in time. And I do think that like, you know, uh, there's a big ceiling game in there for him. And this is certainly the chance that I want to, you know, maybe capitalize on that. Some of his line mates as well. So anything else from this game? Yeah. I, I, I you know, just piggybacking on Borachak plus three ten to score anytime seems pretty enticing. Like I mentioned, Stringovich has kind of been the, the that Stringovich unit, I should say, uh, with Zaka and Kukainen or Kukainen, I don't know, whatever you want to say. I honestly do not know. Has been the shutdown line. And I really think they'll probably match up against Guterrier. Uh, Kowakinen, Sharon Govich. Uh, it's Sharingovich. Let's not, let's not kid okay. ourselves. All right. You got it, DJ. You're, you're up. Um, you. Yeah, no, I, the, the goal props in this game, if you do think the over uh, hits, they are kind of interesting. Um, you know, just a guy who... Plus 200 is the, is the, the worst. Or yeah. Will. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no posture not walking through that door at minus 115 or whatever. So um, there is some value, you know, if you do think there are goals here. Uh, my favorite is probably that board check number. But if you're looking for a longer shot, um, Nick Merkley had a bunch of shots over the weekend. Um, he's got some talent. He's like a 23-year-old, but he was playing with, like, Miles Wood. So, you know, there's some offensive potential there. Just plus 525 for a guy who – uh, showed any bit of a pulse, I think is, you know, one of the better guys as far as like a long shot on the slate. Um, and then Ty Smith, like you mentioned on the power play there, plus seven, uh, plus 700, like it could happen. Um, you know, so I, I don't I think that's that. terrible either, but uh, anyway, let's, uh, let, let's move on from there to our next game. Yeah. The only uh, seven o'clock game is when we got to, and then there's two eight o'clocks and we'll start with Florida at Chicago. I would say, you know, one of the featured games, as we mentioned, I think Colorado want to be very popular, but this is the only six and a half um, on the entire slate. I like the six and a half. I think it's, it's pretty strong. I'm not sure if I'm going to get all over the over on it. Um, I, you know, Bobrovsky hasn't been terrible. I believe he's slated to start if I recall correctly. Um, He hasn't been great either. I, yeah, he should. I, I think it's going to be one of those games where Patrick Kane gets back on the point sheet. Uh, he has had two games in a row without a point. That is probably the only time that's happened all year. I mean, I'm not going to run through his game logs, but he is just not a guy you're going to keep up the point sheet forever. Um, Chicago kind of, I don't know if I want to say through the lines completely in a blender all game, but kind of did. They just kind of moved things around and kept players out. But Patrick Kane's going to find the ice a whole heck of a lot. So, with all of that being said off the start, what do you think about this game? Florida only a minus 148 on the road to Chicago. Vegas still respecting Chicago a good bit. Are you in on this Florida side? Are you in the over-under? What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't get it. This seems, you know, Florida's just playing so well right now. Like, yeah, they're, they're coming off of a loss to Tampa, but. <laughs> um, you know, that's going to happen. Tampa, are you saying? Right, that, that That is exactly what I'm saying. So, right. you know, that just happens. Um, I'm not reading too much into that at all. Um, but just the underlying numbers are there for Florida. Um, you mentioned Bobrovsky had struggled. 
he's actually been a little bit better as of late. So, you know, yeah. maybe you can uh, salvage some of that, you know, just monstrosity of a contract. But, um, you know, if you can get hot down the stretch, I certainly can see these guys making a run through, um, you know, Carolina. And obviously Tampa's a tougher sell, but, um, you know, Barkov is just playing so well at this point. And I guess that's sort of where I'm going with this game. It's just, yeah. you know, I want to ride Alexander Barkov. Like he is very, um, he's very sort of uh, unique in the sense where like, you know, we talk about Nate McKinnon, you know who it's going to be. It's going to be Landis Gog and it's going to be Rantanen. Like that's sort of the way it works in Colorado. With Barkov, it could literally be anybody on that team, you know, if he has a ceiling night. So I don't really think you can dilly-dally around. I don't think you can get cute and say like, well, I'm going to play Duclair just in case Barkov smashes um, because we don't know what their lines are going to look like from a yeah. you know, day-to-day basis. And if you want to get a part of, you know, Barkov's 37 points so far this season, um, I think you just got to pay up for him himself. Um, so I do like his shop prop, you know, when you, when yeah, you oh, get yeah. that, it'll be, you know, very, very attackable, I believe, just because so much of the offense currently goes to him. And if you're looking for some deeper, you know, maybe this becomes more popular once it's confirmed, but I think we might get Mason Marchman back on that top line in Duclair's place. Um, Verhage seems to be a, a, you know, a staple there on that top line. But the thing I really like about Marchman is that even if he's not with the top line, quote unquote, to start the game, he is getting second power play time. So there's, you know, there's obviously the chance that he's super low owned if he's not with Barkov, but he could get there throughout the game, which obviously you want. And he's going to be a slow owned, cheap option um, with upside, you know, they get there even without Barkov on that second power play. Unit. So I just think that there's a lot to like there. Um, he's still mispriced, you know, to score a goal at plus 460, you know, it, it it just doesn't really make much sense to me. If there's even a chance that he could sniff the ice that Barkov's skating on, why he would be, you know, not plus 330 or so. Um, so I just think there's a lot of value in that line. Um, but anything else in this game that you, you know, that, that you're looking at, I know you mentioned Kane a bit, but any of his like teammates? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that the interesting note from the last game more than anything was that Hagel was on the top power play. Also Kubalik kind of mixed in. Um, I'm really hoping Dylan Strom finds his way back up there personally, because I yeah. think that would be just a safer way of doing things. But if we don't get any confirmation, it, you know, Hagel uh, is a really decent, cheap option uh, playing with camp and Google league camp actually had some, also I had some time with the top line, I believe, but it, it's been a mess. I mean, honestly, I'm not going to get carried away with this. Um, I think this game, basically the way I'm constructing DFS, I mean, let's, I guess, talk a little more DFS than normal is, I'm planning on having a couple lineups that are going to have four guys from this game and maybe fading the expensive Colorado uh, just because I think this game has the potential to be a big explosion. So getting, you know, Patrick Kane and maybe Boakfist and then the other end having like Barkov, Hornquist and maybe not even, even Huberto, Hornquist, something like that. And Ekblad, Ekblad is probably a staple with any of those stacks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be the way I, I attack a few different lineups because if this game goes for seven or eight goals, and Colorado won duds, like that wins the GPP. So that's why I'm looking at it. And then in you know just general lines, I'm going to have probably every prop uh, bet or any parley I have is probably the park off over on the shots at two and a half. So yeah, um, it just seems easy. Yeah, just this game is the only six and a half that we have. And I'm honestly tempted to bet the over here. So that should yeah, tell you right, something same. about the environment. Um, just projected versus these other games. Like these other games are kind of, you know, very, very slow. Um, the only six we talked about New Jersey Philly might be more of a sludge match, you know, based on the yeah. schedule. So 
Um, I think that I do like a lot of pieces in this game. I'll just mention one more. You know, I love Dylan Strome taking shots on him, returning to his, you know, basic top power play with Patrick Kane and maybe even that top line at some point. Uh, he came back his first game. He had four shots and a goal. So I do like sort of continuing to go to him at sub 3K on DraftKings. Um, but Adam Boakfist, I mean, he's continued to run this top power play for Chicago. Last game, he got up to 22 minutes. Like he is playing a regular five on five shift now. You know, we're seeing him, you know, get better in the underlying numbers, especially in his defensive end. And I think the coaching staff's, you know, taking note of that. The Chicago's playing well. Oakfist has been a big part of it. And I think that there is still a lot of offensive potential there um, where he could, you know, break this sort of slate wide open if only five games. He's got the perfect opportunity to do so playing with Kane and Debrinkit. So he's just mispriced. Um, you know, you're not going to find many player props on him exactly. Um, but just as far as DFS goes, I think he's a great guy and certainly a player to keep in mind going forward. Cause if he's sort of the top end options on the defensive end for Chicago, they could be a lot better than expected in a hurry because, um, you know, they, they sorely need that. So very excited about him, but anyway, let's get over to the next game. All right. So that will bring us to the other game at eight Detroit at Nashville in the battle for the bottom of the central um, is it the central? Yeah, it's central. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know why it just feels weird because like all the conferences are weird. But anyways, though, yeah. So battle of the bottom of the central. Um, what are your thoughts on this thing I made up right now? It's it's only it's only been two months, you know. It's, it's not. Yeah, I know. It doesn't feel like the. I, I can't, it's just because the weather's getting nice. I feel like the season's about to end, and we have like. <laughs> We have like 30 games left. I mean, to be not. fair, you're a Buffalo Sabres fan, so the season's harder than ever. <laughs> the season's <laughs> always over by March when you're a Sabres fan, and it, this year is no different. But yeah, yeah no, um, Nashville minus 139, I guess let's start right there. It, it's seemingly too easy to not try to get it on. Um, Detroit's bad. Nashville is also bad, but are they as bad as Detroit? No. Um, over under, I'm probably just not touching. I probably fade, I think slightly lean to the over because I think that there's enough goal scorers on both sides. Like if Dylan Larkin has a big game, which I kind of do like him and I kind of like his shot props and stuff, um, you know, to, to get a couple points in there, you know, Nashville, I think can score. Um, but on the Nashville side, it, it, it's Tolmanen's team at this point, it feels like he's decided it, it's now his time to shine. Even though his goal wasn't the prettiest a couple nights ago, he's still really, really good. Still plus 280, just, you know, not not terrible, but he is getting the ice time. He's making it happen out there. You know, you, it's the top line. You know, Tolvanen, Johansson, and Forsberg, he's on the top power play. What, what more do you need from the guy, you know, yeah, I, to play him? Especially at 3,900 on DraftKings, like, give me a break. Uh, yeah, no, he's easily my favorite play from this game. If you ask me to pick a side, I'm definitely going with the, you know, the Nashville side of things. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I like, you know, something like Tolvin in to, to score more because I do think that's a better value, but I also don't know if I'm willing to sort of take on the, you know, the obviously uncertainty that comes with goal scoring versus like points. Um, and of course we're likely not going to get that with Tolvin unless something crazy happens. Um, you know, it's usually just Forsberg and, you know, his friends. So I don't expect we see that even on other sites, but maybe um, in any case, this natural power play, we've talked about it, and it continues to succeed. Um, we saw even Ryan freaking Johansson score a goal on Sunday you know, on that top power play. So they're playing well. Um, I heard you know a shootout goal too. Don't want to talk about it. Um, okay. You know, you know, <laughs> you know exactly where the offense is coming from, though, with Nashville, okay. which is usually not a thing that we sort of 
feel good about because of you know the number of defensemen and everything else, but they're so banged up right now. Um, they have a top line that's playing really well and it's together on the power play. So I kind of am digging this like Matthias Ekholm, uh, Ely Tolvanen type, you know, builds DFS. Um, and it makes me, I think, like the Nashville money line a lot more. Uh, I, you know, minus 140 just doesn't quite seem right. Um, Cause even adjusted for matchup recently, like Nashville's been playing just okay. And that's a lot better than Detroit has. And so at home, you know, all these different things, I just don't really see, um, you know, Nashville blowing this one. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that that's pretty fair. Other than that, you know, I definitely am going to consider a couple of these natural props. Uh, what I can get for a first Forsberg point might come into play or his shot prop. I mean, he's been a pretty solid course player all year. Um, I think this matchup yeah. goes well for him as well. I even, like I said, I like Larkin on the other end. I, I do think I'm going to end up playing it because I think you're going to get a really, really low owned Larkin against a very bad defensive Nashville team. Um, so I'm going to end up probably putting something on that as well in DFS just because. Yeah. Forsberg's yeah. been a little underwhelming lately. And I think some of that honestly has to do with the emergence of Tolvanen, just sort of, you know, because um, Forsberg's just as gifted a playmaker as he is a shooter, I think. So um, maybe there's some of that going on. Maybe there's just some general, you know, uh, malaise <laughs> overcoming Nashville. Um, but, you know, I, I certainly don't hate anything to do with Nashville here. So um, over under five and a half, where do you stand on that? Are you, do you have a lean? No, I don't. I'm not going to play it. There's just All no right. way. I mean, I, I think if I had to like gun to head, I'd say over, but it's just because I think the goaltending is actually that bad. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I think I've slightly leaned the over here too. So, um, all right, let's go from there over to Tampa at Dallas. So Tampa minus 155 road favorite, a uh, total five and a half. I don't know. Like Tampa's is just a really, really damn good team. Um, the, the thing that's so tough with Nashville when you're betting sides is that you honestly sort of need to you wait need until 20 minutes Sorry. Yes. Dallas. You need to wait 20 minutes before the game to even know, like, are two of their best players even playing? Because Rupe Hintz has just been, you know, in and out and in and out. And then Radulov, you know, got added to the injury report last game. You know, he came back from an injury, played a couple, is out again. So we literally don't know what, you know, two, I don't know, 20% of their like top six looks like at this point. Like it's just, it's just a mess. So what do you do with that? And uh, I guess any players that you like to sort of avoid that uncertainty. I mean, I, I, the hardest part about this slate is, you know, if you make the decision to play Colorado one, there could be a ton of value in these Dallas guys. And I know it's really hard to play it against potentially Vasilevsky. We don't have I don't like any confirmation on that yet. Vasilevsky played on Saturday. You assume he is most likely going to start, but if McElhaney is in, uh, McElhaney has an 880 save percentage and has been actually pretty freaking terrible. He's like the only reason Tampa isn't like undefeated on the year. So, you know, <laughs> it, it, and, and that changes it up a lot too. So in my honest opinion with all that variance that you talked about, I'm probably not touching either of these sides because if, even though I like Tampa a good bit um, and I know that it could definitely sway one way or another, depending on this news without knowing it, I just, I, I just don't like to make bets that way. It's, it's just not how I do it. Like, I know you might be saying like, well, you could get a better odd on this and then get the right, like, yeah, but it's just, it's just like, I don't trust it. I, I don't trust any of it. I'd rather go with 
things that the math are leading me to than like my view on these injuries that I don't understand or know. Cause Rube Hintz is like in one game and scores a goal and then out the next, like what's going on. You know, yeah. obviously there's more to the, more to the story. Um, what we do know is from um, Tampa's last game is that they kind of changed up a lot and they won five to three. Um, Kalorn with a Stamkos and point on the first line, they point and Kalorn scored. Um, they also all correlate in the power play. So, you know, and, and more to what you were saying, and if you can get this bet, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the morning skate pod, you know, Palat moves off of that line and with Tyler Johnson and Anthony Sorelli, but that kind of puts him in the perfect, like he's going to shoot the puck scenario. They seemingly have moved his goal odds way down to plus 245. So I know you kind of like that as well. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's not about uh, saying, well, this guy's off that first line. He must be just dust now. Like Pollock could still very well score on that power play or um, on that second line with two, you know, good playmakers like Sorelli and Johnson would be all-stars on the Sabres. Uh, let's, just, let's put that into perspective. Like they would be uh, all of their minutes. They'd just be like, we can't take them off the ice. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that there's a couple different like bets to get a little bit, like have more fun with than like say, oh, I'm going to you know, hope, hope that, uh, you know, Vasilevsky starts and Tampa's got way better favorite than the odds are saying. Yeah, um, I, I definitely agree with you. You know, just as a rule, I like player props more. Um, I, I do think we're safe to see a Vassy start because we did see McElhaney on Sunday. So you oh, know, that right. okay. seems pretty safe to me. Um, I also looked at their schedule. They have basically Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, or Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday coming up. So maybe we see Vassy run off, you know, six straight games in that. We've seen it before, obviously. Um, and he's pretty been good. great. So I, that makes me lean toward this Tampa side. And like you mentioned with Palat, yeah, that that's exactly the, the sort of mindset I have. It's like, yeah, maybe the on ice offense goes down slightly at five on five, just in general. But when you look at percentage of offense used, well, you know, you get brain point off of there. He's obviously a good goal scorer, a good shooter. Um, and you add, you know, Anthony Sarelli and Tyler Johnson to do to just, you know, like, like you said, are good players that don't shoot a ton themselves we know Palat's a trigger man. He has that potential and I'm certainly, you know, willing to ride it in this matchup um, when I can basically play him as a one-off and not feel like I'm going to lose out. Say if he scores two goals and Braden point needs to be in there and then there you go, there goes all your salary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my favorite bet in this game is that Palat over on the shot prop. Um, I, I just think you're getting um, a really good spot for him to hit the over on the shots, even if he doesn't have like a great offensive output. Um, because of the situation that his line will put him in and because he's a trigger man on that power play still like that hasn't changed. Um, so, you know, that that's the way I think I'm going with this one, but absolutely stack up that Tampa first line. If you're mass multi-entering because they're power play correlated, they're very good. Um, and they definitely give you some leverage off of very popular Colorado. So yeah. I um, think last, last thing from this game is you, you really, if you're playing any Dallas, you have to be on checking because you know yep. uh, also Faxa uh got hurt so that gave a ton I said it right this time so you don't laugh so with, with him going down in the last game we saw Robert's Robert son with 21 minutes Dickinson with 21 minutes Pavelski 21 minutes Gurionov 19 minutes and Ben 18 minutes really high concentration of minutes for those guys there's a ton of value in three of those guys I mentioned um 
really four. I think Gorianov actually has a pretty good amount of value. So that Gorianov Dickinson Robertson line um, I, got a I, ton of runs. I thought you were going to say Jamie Benn and I was going to walk off this podcast. I was just going to no, get I up, know. leave the chair spinning. Come on. Just like... <laughs> I would never do that to you. Um, but uh, yeah, getting back to what I was saying, it, it, it's incredibly cheap. So if you, you know, are trying to get contrarian, um, you know, I think you have to get that contrarian to play a couple of those pieces there and, and feel okay about it with a Colorado one or a onslaught of, you know, that uh, Florida Chicago game, like I mentioned, it's yes. not okay. Like, Tampa could give up two or three goals without a doubt. There's no doubt in my mind that could happen. And all of a sudden you're you're sitting on a pile of money and no one's going to have any of these cheap Dallas guys. And that again, barring uh, Radic, Baxa and um, Ruby Hints are out. Yeah. Which we just. And Radulov and Radulov, the third guy. There's just the three. Yeah. um, You know, any, any combination of those guys obviously helps. So just, just keep an eye. Maybe we get morning skate news, but it's been tough lately to get that information before, you know, morning skate. Honestly, uh, before beat reporters are good. It's not the beat reporters fault. I would say like when we talk about like Edmonton and stuff, it's literally just a lack of them putting out information. Like the Dallas guys put out everything and they just, they don't know. Like the coaches like, Oh, Hey, by the way, like, to my opponent, like, let me let you know exactly. Like it's part yeah. of what they're trying to do. It's not working, obviously. Like they should just, I guess, tell them because they're still losing anyways. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. so we can move on from that game, I think, to our last yeah. game of the night. Um, we do have Colorado playing Arizona, um, second leg of a back-to-back there. So it seems like Colorado is going to take home a pretty easy W. You know, I, I, I can't say so. Obviously we're recording this in the future because you listen to this on Tuesday and we're recording this Monday night. Um, but regardless of what happens, Nathan McKinnon is very, very good at professional ice hockey mm-hmm. and should be treated as such. So, you know, minus 210 here for Colorado, the way that they've played, I mean, I don't know how long we need to spend talking about that Minnesota series for Colorado but oh my God, was that impressive? Um, so I just sort of think that, you know, this is a spot where maybe you don't want to play the puck line because like, you know, back to back, you, you never really know. But if I'm playing a puck line, I think this is it tonight. Uh, plus 123, minus one and a half for Colorado just seems really solid. Um, so I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, what is your thought on the over under here and, and anything else you had to say? I mean, five and a half, I guess I slightly like the over just because I think Colorado could go um, nuclear in this game and just be absolutely world beating, but I'm not very high on it. I probably won't take it myself. I do kind of like the Colorado side in general. Um, I think that, you know, more to the player props, everything that Jacob um, Chikrin does is, is magic um, fourth in defenseman and scoring goals. I don't know what he is in points. He has a lot. He's like freaking 14 type or 14th um, in points. So he's really, really good. He's plus 400 to score. I'm probably not going to take that, honestly. Like it's, it's not bad. Um, he is even as of late becoming better and better. Uh, but if you could get his shot prop or his blocks, honestly, oh, if you get like over one and a half on blocks or something like that, yeah. like he is just not leaving the ice and just like, I think he's playing DFS and playing himself every night because he's just like, how can I hit all of the bonuses um, as soon as possible? Like I mentioned in the morning skate podcast, yeah. like him and Eckblad are my top two defensemen. Um, I'm going to have him a lot and I might, you know, like the way I'm looking at this game in general, if you're, you know, you're playing 
Colorado one, if you're playing Colorado two, you should have a little bit of Arizona coming back because when they, you know, steamroll a team, they just kind of don't play those guys as much. They kind of like run four lines and kind of get a bit defensive. Um, so I'm thinking if I, if I am stacking up on Colorado and I don't know how much I'm going to have, because I kind of like the under here a little bit, I'm not super high on, um, you know, Arizona to score too much, but if I do decide, you know, I'm gonna make one lineup with Colorado one or two, I'm going to be stacking up on, uh, you know, Keller maybe and Chikrin. Yeah. Um, you know, I talked about it, I believe on Thursday night, um, you know, that the Chikrin Nick Schmaltz power play stack and it kind of worked, you know, um, Chikrin has been just a boss lately though. He's definitely a guy when we talk about, you know, uh, block shot props. I know you can get those over on FanDuel and I'm sure other books also have them. This matchup is the absolute perfect spot. Um, yeah, I, I ran some, you know, basically I just took off of natural stat trick, like all the different um, matchups. So like I took how many, basically how many shots a team gets blocked that they take that are blocked. Um, and unsurprisingly, the top two teams in the league at turning, you know, shots into block shots for the opposition are Colorado and Vegas, you know, two teams that shoot from distance and they're dominant territorially. Um, Arizona is also not dominant territorially. So you'll definitely see a uh, good value on a Jacob Chikrin block shot prop. In my opinion. are ironically <laughs> very, very, very good. Uh, that's why they come to the show. That's why they come in. That's that. That's good. I I, I appreciate your effort there, Deej. That was a good one. <laughs> I had um, to do it. So anyway, enough about Chikrin. You know, I, I think you also mentioned the game stack point being a very good one. Um, on this Colorado side, you know, the 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 shot props on McKinnon and Rantanen probably going to be my two favorite bets here. Yeah, but kind of into this Kale McCarr goal prop at plus three twenty. Because he's been buzzing and, you know, you, you, you watch these guys play and they literally look like the Harlem Globetrotters on some shifts. And it's almost like he's a fourth forward. And that's yeah. sort of why I like it, because you're talking the first line is plus 118, plus 155, plus 215 to score a goal. And you regularly see Cal McCarr switch positions, you know, moving, moving around a bit and also, you know, shooting on the power play. Like that's certainly a thing. Plus 320 for Cal McCarr, just it's kind of enticing and that goes very well with his super duper cheap DFS price. Um, so that yeah. just might be a guy that I want to be really high what? on. All right. Let, let's just say it. highest owned player of the night. Is it McKinnon and then McCarr? I, I bet it's McCarr over McKinnon, honestly. Yeah. Okay. All right. Right, right in that range. I mean, cause Barkov could, could steal a little bit, but McCarr yeah. is just so obvious. I think. Yeah. Maybe I think so but, too. Well, I don't know. I, I really think that, you know, especially just if, if you can get it, I, I think it won't be on DraftKings, it'll be on FanDuel, but the Makar, if it's a half a point over and that's positive money in any capacity, I'd probably, I'd probably jam some money in on that um, as well. It just seems pretty easy. Yeah. Um, um, for him to get a point. They're so good. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like we can talk about death guys in, in Colorado too, because yeah. they're, I mean, the second line is still really good. Um, you you were even talking about a little Tyson Jost. Uh, give me your give me your Jost spiel, okay. your elevator pitch. Let's say. I think it's you know first off, this has cooled off a little bit from last year. It's still good though. I, um, you know, basically the, the way I'm looking at this is Valerie Nertushkin last year at least, and this year in some respects, kind of became a bit of an analytical darling. Um, his defensive metrics were just through the roof. 
Like if you look at ramp charts and follow any charting hockey or evolving wild, uh, he was just on another level that like people had never seen. They're like, how is this guy possibly not getting any votes for the Selkie or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. Um, He's playing with Donskoy and Yost, which I think is the problem with Yost is that he doesn't play power play, um, but he is really a pretty high rate shooter. Um, You know, just, Talking to yourself, I mean, you know, in that Colorado, Minnesota six goal game, Yertushkin and Joe scored. Um, I haven't been too high in it. I've had Joe's a couple times in my lineups because I do think his rate shooting is good enough to where if he sees a few more minutes, um, it definitely could work out. He also plays penalty kill time. So he has some blocks, some shots. I don't give him as much of a double bonus guy, but, you know, if he has two blocks, four or five shots and a goal, you know, he could break the slate at 2,600. So I think if you're not playing Colorado one, and you think, you know, this game is kind of a sludge match defensive battle. That is their defensive line, um, which, you know, I, I'm willing, I'm excited to see what the hockey biz looks like for the matchup against Arizona, because maybe they are going to try to use them a bit more against that top unit, um, which would make some sense, although probably isn't going to be, I think they're going to get Kadri out against McKinnon. Uh, wait, oh my God, Kadri plays with McKinnon. I'm going the wrong way about this. Jost against the top line in Arizona. They probably not even do that. I'm like, well, anyway, they have a top line. Look, they have a top line, but you, it's not. you gave a good pitch. If, if you know, and if, yeah, solid you get what B, I'm saying. Solid B on that because it started I, out hot. I felt, I felt off. I was thinking end, like, yo, I, I don't know why I had this like envisionment, like, oh, yeah, top line in Arizona. Then you just shut down. I'm like, wait, what does that even anyway, mean? Anyway, that's your sort of conviction sprinkle. You know, if you're, if you're playing 10 lineups, sprinkle in some Tyson. Um, you know, it'll, it'll make your lineups look and and smell a little bit better. I I don't hate it. Um, you know, 25 shots in his last 10 games. He's been good. Obviously you're not finding a shot prop or whatever on him, but these are the sort of sleepers. Honestly, if you're playing a seasonal league, I don't know if Tyson Jost is the sort of guy I'd pick up with only five games and you need to fill up a spot, maybe some deep leagues. He could be worth a flyer there too, because there's not a ton of like obvious guys that I think like, Oh, they, you know, they're just not going to be, um, owned. So, you know, maybe that's something we don't talk about much, but uh, maybe we can get Chris Meany on board with the Tyson Jost uh, one game pickup sort of deal. But um, all right. Anything else before we recap our favorite bets and uh, some DFS stacks? No, probably not. Yeah. Right. I kind of fell off a wagon there at the end there. I'm trying to like put my thoughts back together. Yeah, no, I, I I love the rant the, the you know the 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 Rapham Ram charts whatever you want to call them. Uh, yeah, you know you right. you, you had some good stuff there. You had some yeah. good stuff. Right, I, I think it's yeah. I I I've like I've like talked myself into it enough at this point where like I'm just in a circle. But let's right. let's let's get to our favorite bets. And I mean, if you want to start, all right. If you have if you have two bets on the slate, who are not Brady Kachuk and Matt Zuccarello shot props, <laughs> um, you know what are you picking? Okay. Uh, I'm taking, um, what was it? The Barkov over on shots, no matter what it is. I think it could be two and a half. Even if it's yep. like three and a half, I probably still yep. like consider it at really good odds, but if it's two and a half, definitely. And then um, I honestly, just, I just like the Florida side in general. That's a good second one, but so I can parlay this in some capacity. Um, I don't It's hard to know because we still don't have all the DraftKings props, which is really freaking frustrating. Um, I'll go with the Ranton and shots too, Barkov and, and or the Florida line in general. I, I think they're all going to work. Kind of, it's, it's going to come down to like what exactly these lines end up being when I put my bet in. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I I like those two lines a lot. So 
um, I think you live. I think you might survive, you know, this one if it's gun to head sort of thing. Um, you know, for, for mine, I'm going to get a little bit out there because I do think that I, I just like these two sort of combined um, are Andre Palat and Ely Tolvin and goal scorer. Uh, you know, just like, you know, you can find the Palat shots. Sure, go for it. But I think that there's a lot of value on the goal um, for both those guys. And if you parlay them together, you get a nice little multiplier. You're not looking, you know, you're not going 10 legs or anything. You're just going a couple legs. And I think that this one has some legs to get you some money here on a Tuesday night. So let's uh, do those two. So, okay. All and right. then we'll go over the DraftKings. Yeah. It's DFS. real easy. Let's, it's real yeah. freaking easy. You just, you play these top line Colorado guys or you don't. If you don't, you can do whatever the heck you want. So let's say you aren't playing these Colorado guys and then you, you're not going into the trash bin to try and, you know, pick up these sort of cheap guys. You have one stack and you're trying to win it without Colorado in your lineup. You know, where are you spending that extra money? Um, what are you doing to be a little bit different here? You got one stack, one opportunity. Um, yeah. I mean, it's Florida for sure. I think it's not even that difficult for me, how it ends up working out exactly. I mean, it's either, you know, you get you get with that Barkoff action. Uh, I think Barkoff Ekbay just in general is a nice two-man unit, and maybe you could throw in uh, Verhage. I'm not willing to play Russian roulette with who that third lineman is. Um, I I did kind of like what you said about Marchman and being kind of like, well, even if you know he might still get there on his own, but whatever. I, I'm more. I definitely lean more, and I play more Huberdo, Hornfist. Um, what's his name, Ekblad? But I know you don't. You're not as big of a fan of that, so. Uh, that's where that's where the money's at for me, though. I love Hornquist, not not Huberdo. Get Huberdo yeah, off my screen. I mean, yeah. just, 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 just get rid, get rid of him. Um, get that eight shot on goal game, and it's just like hilarious yeah. when I look I at the ten game. I need to like, I'm like, oh, there it is. Like, I'm just gonna email my DK rep and just tell him to get all Jonathan Huberdo props and whatever his prices. Just just get them get them off. Like, I don't, I don't want to see them. Um, so anyway, I like that Florida. Definitely a lot of upside. You know, six and a half over under. Um, I'm gonna get a little bit. Um, I don't know how spicy this is, but I'm going to spend the money on Philip Forsberg for a stack. And it doesn't feel good to pay 7,700 for Philip Forsberg when he's coming in without a ton of shots. Um, you know, so on, it seems like Tolvanen sort of taken a bit, but you get Forsberg at maybe the lowest zone he will ever be on a five game slate against Detroit. Um, I'm just going with that. So give me Forsberg, give me Tolvanen, and then give me Matthias Ekholm because those three guys are just playing. Uh, they're playing well on the power play. Uh, Tolvanen or uh, Ekholm finally on that top unit. They've got a ton of peripheral upside, especially Ekholm. And, you know, they're just a nice mid-tier stack. You can play them with basically any other stack and feel really good about your lineup. You know, get those high one-off pieces like a Chikrin who have really high floors and, you know, high overall projections. And yeah, uh, you know, pick some point fist or whatever, get some goals, uh, really good team. You're basically just hoping that Colorado fails. So, um, and if you want to hear about some of the really cheap ways, we're going to, you know, jam in those Colorado guys to our other lineups. Yep. Be sure to check out the morning skate podcast because we did go over a lot of value, um, you know, in addition to what we talked about here. Um, and you know, it's just a nice little slate that have all five games sort of covered, ready to go and make some winning lineups. So DJ, anything else uh, before we get out of here? Um, no, I, I did. I do like what you're saying that. I mean, the one thing that I kind of live by is I almost always have a lineup where I stack up against Detroit. So 
it's just, it's a winning formula. Like they are they're they, they can give up a touchdown on any night. So I do like that a lot. Um, other than that, yeah, definitely check out the morning state podcast, check out prize picks. If you are lucky enough to be in a state where you can play it, you should definitely get involved. Um, it's very enjoyable. I think that, you know, I, I, I think it's a great idea. Honestly, it makes it easy. It's something that I think if you put in a lot of time and effort and you're already doing all this other stuff and you're listening to this podcast, you are probably doing yourself a disservice by not getting over there and taking all this information that you're bringing together and not using it to your advantage there. Um, I would definitely check it out, at least give it a try, get the match bonus and use MMN. Yeah. Um, all right. So you can find me on Twitter. I am at fake moods. You can find DJ at DJ underscore Mitchell 94, and you can find the Mayo media network at Mayo media net. Uh, so be sure to like this video. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure to give us a review over on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to the podcasts and, uh, you know, reach out to us if you have any comments or feedback or anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. All that said, good luck on Tuesday and we will see you.